Welcome back to the WWIA Podcast. We hope you're enjoying this special podcast series on the John McDaniel story. If you are, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast service. Let's learn more about John's military service as we dive into Part 6, Command and General Staff College and D.C. Yeah, a little crimson and clover there. Yeah, so, uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. You know, uh, if you're still with me, then God bless you, because you got more stomach than I do for this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, it's a couple weeks later since I, uh, I, did a, I did a recording here, and uh, now I've got a chance back in the uh, airstream here at McDill Air Force Base to... Uh, Continue on with my uh, my military story, so you know I'm going to do that. Uh, just just knock out a you know another couple quick uh, chapters here, in the name of progress, you know. And so I think where I last left off was uh, you know I just uh, I believe I just finished uh, Kosovo, uh, being uh, deployed for a, a you know in support of combat operations there in, in Kosovo. And then, uh, so it's 1999 time frame. Uh, I am, uh, just to level the playing field, you know, I am a, um, I'm a major at this point, uh, a relatively new major. And it's, uh, you know, the year 1999, going on 2000. And <clears throat> I'm just coming off a mission, and I think as soon as I get back to uh, Colorado Springs there, I, uh, you know, I, I get ready to go to the Command and General Staff College, C- CGSC, as it was referred to back then. And back in the back in the day, in my day anyway, CGSC was a a major cut. It was a fifty percent cut that got to go to the resident course and Fort Leavenworth, where the prison system is, on on the uh, military base there at Leavenworth, Kansas, um, and attend the Command and General Staff College. And if you if you were selected to go in what they called in resident, meaning you were there. Uh, to attend for a year long of schooling, then you were essentially in the the, uh, 50, the top fifty percent of your year group. So things have gotten really thin in the army at this point. You know, moving from twenty divisions down to ten. You know, we cut our our, our military strength in half. Uh, you know, after the wall went down, um, and you know, in the Reagan years, we started the the Congress and the, you know the administration began to really slice and dice the military. So, you know, making it into that cut was no cakewalk, so I felt really fortunate to be going to school at Leavenworth, not that I was just in the top 50%, but I really wanted that course, a year-long course, uh, you know, for field-grade officers, and those who don't know, when you make it to the rank of major or 04, you become, quote-unquote, one of them, you know, you get the frontal lobotomy and all that, and Basically, you know, it means you're in it to, you know, in it for the long haul at this point, you know. So I get a regular army commission, RA commission, uh, when I when I pin on the rank of major, and then I, you know, I go on to, uh, you know, to the command general staff college for a year, class of 2000, I might add. So so 23 years ago. Um, so uh, yeah, so it was a great course, you know. I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of, you know, great stories to tell you there. I did I did double down. Uh, I did double down and get a, a double major. I, I ended up with, pursuing my MBA. It took me longer than a year. It took me two years to finish it. But I did get my master's in business uh, while I was there. Also at the Command General Staff College, I had to follow up and finish it 
when I went to my new assignment. And that's what I want to talk about because I think there's, uh, anecdotally, there's a couple of interesting uh, stories in there. And so um, the the army had, had was transitioning to this this new way of uh, managing its officer corps at this time frame in the year 2000. And uh, what they were doing is they were realizing the army had realized that we had these pockets uh, of talent and expertise in certain you know uh, certain functional areas, if you will, for the for the uh, in, in the army. In other words, space operations was a functional area. Public affairs was a functional area. Um, you know, uh, FAO, functional area. There's all kinds of, you know, information technology, a functional area, which basically means that well, they began to recognize that we should start single-tracking officers after a certain level right about that time mid-career and, and give them a whack at, at transitioning into a specialty if they had the skill set and the desire and the army had the need, you know, and so, um, you know, I was looking pretty hard at my career at that point and, um, you know, based on, uh, you know, some, some injuries that I had had and things that, uh, you know, didn't allow me to, you know, be as competitive as I think I needed to be, um, in, in, in the infantry space, I, I elected to go to, uh, transition into this FA 40 space op- operations arena um, and it's not like I really, I, I mean, I, I just come out of Kosovo and I certainly had been doing, you know, real world operations there, space operations there in support of national defense objectives. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. And so a year of school after that, you know, I was going to go on to my first or second at this point, I guess, space operations uh, job and finish out my career the last, you know, eight, 10 years of it in that, in that vein, if you will, along that plateau. And along those lines, so um, you know, it comes time for the end of the school year, and 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 you know, branch is showing up. That branch being the the branch specialist that are going to make the assignments, the follow-on assignments out of Leavenworth after this year of schooling. And the guy shows up, and he's like, you know, John, you got a really good file. I think you'd be a great replacement for me. You know, here in this you know, at Perscom, the Personnel Command, uh, making assignments for the uh, you know newly minted F A forty officers and managing that career field. And I said, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so, uh, Jerry. I, I certainly appreciate the offer, but you know, I'm not I'm not going to D C. It's not my bag, you know. And I'm thinking, I don't want anything to do with D C. I don't want to go to the Pentagon. I don't want to you know go to D C. I just you know I want to be somewhere where I can be outside, you know, be in the outdoors. I don't want to be part of a concrete jungle. I don't want to sit behind a, a you know a desk all day long and make assignments. God bless him. So I told him no politely, and this this just kept coming back into my life. John H. Jerry at Perscom. Hey, listen, now, you know, really think this is a great job for you. And I'm getting sort of wedged into the same. I told, long story short, I told Jerry twice no. Then I got a call from somebody else at Perscom. I told him no, and then I got a I got a fourth and final call. And it and it didn't go. Uh, it kind of went like this: John, congratulations, you're coming to D.C. And I said, uh, Yes, sir. <laughs> Proud to do it. And so, you know, I I, I did drag my feet on it, uh, and I did put up a, a you know a little bit of uh, uh, you know uh, objection to it, polite objection, I might add. But I, I lost that battle, and ultimately ended up having to go to to uh, the na- nation's capital and serve at a little place called Perscom or the Personnel Command managing these, you know, F-A, FA-40s, uh, you know, who um, were space operations officers. And for my sins, what they also give me? The public affairs officers. So I had the FA-40s and the FA-46s. Public affairs officers 
you know, or they, they take pictures, they write stories. They used to jokingly say, hey, man, get over it. You know what you do for a living? You take pictures and you write stories. So, <laughs> uh, I know. I love them all. Just, uh, just you know, being me. And anyway, so long story short, uh, I, had, uh, I had that population too. You know what I knew about uh, public affairs at that time? I, I bought what you could stick in a thimble, okay? And here I am, you know, the Army and all of its infinite wisdom, You've got me running the the assignments for the F A forties and the F A F A forty space operations and F A forty six. Those are um, you know the the public affairs officers. And oh by the way, they gave me the army the army astronaut program. <laughs> I had to manage the army army astronaut program, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick vignette about that. Uh, you know, in a minute, but you know, the, 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 the assignment there at Perscom was actually a pretty rewarding assignment for a couple of reasons. And I'll tell you, you know, 911 happened, you know, when I was there on my watch, it was about a mile from the Pentagon when it happened. And the interesting story is, um, just before 911, um, the chief of staff of the army at the time, this guy, guy was a four star general by the name of Eric Shinseki. And and Shin, uh, General Shinseki was a four-star general who you know had plenty of Vietnam uh, experience, a Purple Heart, and I think he was a, a you know had a prosthetic leg from his his injuries in Vietnam, and by all standards, you know a superior uh, officer, you know just a great guy. Um, and you didn't really ever hear anything bad about General Shinseki. And this note came down to my, my on, landed on my desk. Of course, my boss handed it to me and basically said, you know, dig into this. This one's yours, hot potato. So it had come down from the chief, from, from uh, General Shinseki that said, you know, why, why are the astronauts not being promoted? Uh, question mark. You know that was his that was his deal, and it turns out, you know here 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 it is, and the you know the army's got these lieutenant colonels and colonels who are actually working for NASA, and really astronauts. Now I've got astrophysicist degrees, um, and they're they're really you know the hundred pound heads, the brain trust, if you will, in the army relative to the astronaut program. And every single one of them was a test pilot from Pax River. So they're flying all these exper- experimental aircraft. They're amazing wizards in the sky. You know, they, they got PhDs, you know, and, and they're not being promoted to colonel. And General Shinseki, you know, it's like, wants to know why. I think it's a brilliant question. I would want to know why, too. And so, um, you know, I, I, that lands on my desk to answer that question. So, I, you know, I start doing some digging through their files, and it, it, it appears to me, you know, immediately, you know, what's going on. You know, they never went, and they never went, you know, on to this advanced schooling, okay, um, that was sit, reserved for guys who were going to go command at the battalion level. So, you know, if you never went to the war college, that's, you know, the Carlisle, there's a couple options there, but Carl, you know, Fort Carlisle is one of them, where you could go and get, um, you know, the, the, the school knocked out for a year before you went and commanded. Well, the astronauts didn't go to the school because they weren't going to go command. You know, they, their, 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 their career path didn't look like those that were competing to go command at the, o, you know, at the 05 level. So they never made 06. You know, the board looked at their stuff and like, huh, they haven't been to the war college. Pass. 
you know and so uh in the long the the you know to to make this story a, l- a little shorter you know i had answered this question you know why weren't they getting selected to go you know to promoted rather very rapidly hey their files don't look like you know the others they, they none of them have been to the war college aha so uh i ended up having to you know of course there's the army for you right i got to brief my boss who's a lieutenant colonel then her boss, who's a colonel, my senior boss, and then the chief of staff, you know, and ultimately the two-star general, you know, at at uh, at, at Perscom, who happens to be none other than, wait for it, Dorian Anderson, <laughs> you know, my uh, my ranger buddy that I, you know, that I met, uh, you know, uh, when I went to go interview uh, with the regimental commander when I was in Panama. He's ascended from major to two-star general at this point, and he's commanding the Army's personnel command. And so I got to brief him, and then I got to brief the three-star General Maud, who's the DESPER, Deputy Chief of Staff for Personnel, and ultimately the Vice Chief of Staff, General Keene, four-star. The Vice Chief is Shinseki's, you know, uh, like Vice Chief. He's not the chief, but he's the one guy below that, the vice, if you will. So, but that's where the buck stops at the vice. the The chairman himself doesn't take a lot of briefings. Uh, it's usually the vice who's like this axe wielding dude, and, and General Keane, four star, you know, who you probably see on TV every now and again. Um, you know, he's a you know a bit of a military pundit, if you will, and on on a lot of the you know the the, the Fox networks and this kind of thing. But anyway, brilliant man. Okay, and so I gotta I gotta wade my way through all these generals with this with this briefing to de- describe because they don't want to be surprised. They want to know what the answer to the question is before the big boss does, of course. And so this this briefing packet that I had put PowerPoint packet that I put together with like five slides, maybe you know, answering the general's question, why didn't they get promoted? I had done that, but every time I went to another general, uh, you know, let's put this in here about the Pax River. You know, we need we need some new you know we need some new helicopters at Pax River. Let's put that in there too. And, uh, you know, so this packet grew as like a classic pork belly bill, you know, going through Congress, you know, the, the military, all my bosses had that five slides went to like 35 slides, you know, the thing was, you know, uh, you know, it was a hefty, uh, you know, half or quarter, three quarter inch packet by the time everybody got done adding their two cents in there. And I'm the guy that's got to brief it. Right. And so at one point I said, you know, with all due respect, sir, um, just talking to my boss, my senior boss, you know, is kind of, you know, going through how I was going to go when I was going to go brief General General Keene. I said, you know, sir, um, these helicopters really don't have, you know, that we've shoved into this PowerPoint presentation along with all this other stuff. You know, it doesn't really have anything to do with the general's question, you know. The general's question was very simple. Why didn't they get promoted? And And now you want me to talk about helicopters I and mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me it's like yeah i know john but you know we don't get in front of the the the, the vice chief very often so we're just gonna you know blah 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 it's like all right all right sir who got it so here we are in the day of the briefing general keen i've briefed everybody by the way i was standing in general maud's office okay uh, three days before the the attack on the Pentagon, and General Maud, three star Timothy Maud, um, you know, is is now gone. Okay, and um, you know the the nose of the aircraft went right through his office, and I remember standing in his office to brief him on this this packet, uh, like three days before nine one one, and looking out, he was running a little late, and his aide kind of entertained me, and I was looking out over the gardens of stone. 
you know, the Arlington and you could, you know, see the, you know, the um, Capitol building and the mall. I mean, it's just an amazing office, right, with a beautiful view. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, so this is what happens when you really make it in this organization. You know, you get, get one of these offices. Well, anyway, uh, may he rest in peace because I thought he was a fine officer, too, from what I knew of him. But now he's gone. But uh, anyway, so, you know, go back to the story. And I've got, you know, we get to the Pentagon, we, you know, to, you know, bus, short little, you know, short bus ride. We get to the Pentagon, you know, I, I, I'm standing there outside of uh, General Kane's office. His aide, who's Lieutenant Colonel, outranks me at the time because I'm a, at the time I'm a major. He's like, are you the briefer? I said, yes, sir. And he's got a little notebook or a, a, one of those, um, you know, I don't know what the heck you like a notebook uh, billboard sort of thing, you know, where you would, you know, you could write on it, right, with a clip. And, uh, and, and so he says to me, um, all right, so you're going to enter the door here. You just get the whole thing drawn out. You know, this is the table you're going to sit at. This is where you're going to sit. This is where the general's going to sit. You know, he's got it all. Uh, all right, sir. Well, just tell me when to go. And so we go on in. We sit down. It's me. Um, there, there's Dorian Anderson's come along. My boss, uh, Colonel Baker's there. Timothy Maud, the three star, is there. The the SMDC Space and Missile Defense Commander, a three star general, is there. So you know, I've already briefed all these guys. They know what's in this pack, and we're waiting for General Keene to show up. And you know, the generals are all kibitzing, and I'm sitting there, Major McDaniel. I'm the briefer, and I got to pass out the briefing, you know, packets and everything, and. And I'll finally, all of a sudden, you know, the, the elephants are dancing. You know, the, the generals are kibitzing. And I'm not saying peep because I got nothing to say. You know, I'm not in that crowd. <laughs> so all of a sudden, General Keene walks in. He's got his, you know, black jacket on. It's zipped up to his neck. And then, you know, there's all the stars on his shoulder. And he, you know, walks in. His hair is perfect. And, uh, you know, this big man sits down. And, then, you know, the, oh, hi, Bill, Jim. Hi, Tim. How you doing? You know, all this is going on. And there's a, a, a you know, they're, they're kibitzing for, you know, probably three to five minutes, you know, and, and, and then I'm like waiting for somebody to say go. There's this, you know, slight pause in the conversation. I said, well, good morning, sir. My name is John McDaniel. I'm blah, 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 blah. And today we have a briefing. Hum, hum. This is what General Keene did. He starts flipping through the briefing. You know, I'm on slide two, okay, and he's like into the guts of this thing to find the answer he's looking for. He finds the answer that he's looking for, which I explained in one slide why they didn't get promoted. He takes the packet. I'm not kidding you. He takes the packet and he kind of like wings it. I'm looking like a frisbee, like a foot, like a frisbee, if you will. You know, kind of does three or four rotations, hits the center of his table and slides towards the three-star General Maud, and he looks right at him, and he says, Tim, the Army astronaut program is broken. Fix it. And he gets up, and he leaves. Now, you could have heard a, a mouse urinate on a cotton ball in that room, I can tell you, because I wasn't saying nothing. And neither was anybody else. And so we leave. Like, I'm, like, thinking, I screwed this up. Like, what did I do wrong? You know, my God, you know, everybody's getting fired. You know, I have no idea, right? I've never briefed a four-star in my life. So anyway, we get back on the uh, in the van. It's me, uh, Al Baker, my colonel, and and then um, you know Dorian Anderson, uh, the two-star general. And we're driving back. He's got a, he's got a driver, and and still nobody said a word. Nobody's just nobody's even opened their mouth. And I can't take it anymore. So I go, I go, uh, hey, uh, you know, 
General Anderson's up front, you know, where the where, where the officers always sit, you know, to the right side of the driver, and I'm back in the cheap seats, and I said, hey, hey sir, uh, you know, he's like, he turns around and goes, yeah, what's what, what do you got, Ranger? Cause, you know, he, he he knew who I was. And I said, Ken, do you mind if I ask you a question? He's like, go ahead, shoot. I said, how'd you think that went? <laughs> you know, I mean, I had to say it. I was like, I, I didn't know. I mean, I just want to know if I was, you know, if I was fired. I mean, I didn't know. And he goes, he turns around, he's craning his neck back through the, you know, the short bus there. And he's like, you know something, Ranger, you, you managed to do something that very few people do at the Pentagon. And I said, oh, yes, yeah, sir, what's that? He goes, you got a decision. Good job, Ranger. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what's funny about it. You know, hey, there's th General Keene. The Army Astronaut Program is broken. Tim, fix it. That's the decision. And for that, you know, um, you know, getting decision out of the Pentagon, you know, apparently was a red letter day. So, uh, you know, happy with that. But that, you know, that's 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 my one, you know, anecdotal story there at PERSCON. The other I'll tell you real, real briefly, it's, you know, mildly interesting is I had the opportunity to uh, right after 911 um, to interview for President Bush 43 uh, uh, to be his aide de camp. Uh, for you know, for the president of the United States, and um, you know, so I won't bore you to tears with that. But uh, you know, it was quite an honor, um, and you know, going to the you know going to the White House, meeting the staff, the Whammo staff, and 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 the incumbent aides, and you know, the president has an aide for every branch of the service. So there's there's an Army, Air Force, Navy you know, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, probably now a Space Force dude or dudette, you know, in there that's his aide to camp. So each service branch has got an aide to the president, and they all support the president, you know, and kind of on a rotational basis. If he's flying somewhere, there's a couple aides with him, and they got specific missions and things that they do. So I thought it was quite an honor uh, for me to, you know, to be able to, you know, do that, get that interview. And, um, and I thought I had won it. I really didn't. And so did the army aide, the incumbent. Um, you know, he said, "You know, I was pulling for you, man. I thought, I thought, I thought you had it." But they ended up giving it to another guy who I think was uh, probably the most, you know, the deserving uh, and best fit for for that particular job. But it was, you know, it was quite an honor for me, uh, you know, to to do that. And I'll tell uh, one quick story because at some point, you know, when you're when when I'm interviewing to be, you know, this aide, because you've you've been through. A I don't know how many interviews, a lot, to include a polygraph, you know, I mean, where were you on the night of the 15th? <laughs> uh, you're being interrogated by the CIA, <laughs> I was just telling you, man. Uh, so, the uh, the funny story there was, um, I, um, uh, you know, I'm sitting around in, in the uh, downstairs in the bowels of the uh, of the White House, sitting in the big high back leather chair, which happened to be the president's chair. And the, all the existing aides are in a semicircle run, around this table, and they're firing questions at me, you know. And this is the this part of the, the interview process with them. And, um, you know, it's everything from, what were the last four books you read, you know, sort of thing, to what's your most embarrassing moment, you know. And, and so I, 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 did, I did my best to field, you know, all of them. And one of the questions was, um, you know, something about, you know, carrying the football and, you know, and, 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 and if the president's brother asks you to look in that attache and it's your attache, what do you do? You know, sort of thing. There's a few of those that kind of get you thinking sort of thing. So we get all done with this interview uh, process, which is less about an hour, I think. And uh, one of them says, you got any questions of us? 
And I said, yes, actually, I said, actually, I do. Two things. I said, um, first off, you know, the question about looking in the satchel, I said, what's the right answer there? They're like, one of them goes, welcome to our world. It's like, ah, okay, got that. And secondly, I said, it just appears to me that this interview right here that we just did is the center of gravity for the decision that you guys are about to make is for who gets this job. Is that, does that sound fair? And and the Marine looks at me and he goes, yes. I said, okay, that's what I thought. Well, I appreciate your time, gentlemen. <laughs> Good night, everybody. And then I got a telephone call there that night. Said, hey, you know, you, you were close, but you didn't get the job. So anyway, that's my DC story. I'll end her here. And uh, the next up is uh, Jazz Rock, the Joint Southern Surveillance Reconnaissance Operations Center. Johnny Mac going to Key West. The Florida Keys is next, folks. All right. Have a good night. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.